I've been running my own businesses for about 13 years now. And when people find out that I work for myself, they often say, isn't that risky? Aren't you scared? Wouldn't you rather have a sure thing and take a job with a company? But I would rather bet on myself than put my future and my fate in the hands of some employer. And that's what I'm going to talk about in this episode is why it's important to bet on yourself. I'm Larry Cornette, and this is Invincible Solopreneurs. And so if you want to read this issue, the newsletter issue that goes with this episode, this is Bet on Yourself, issue 15. And uh, it's all about the reality that there is no sure thing with a nine to five job anyway. I uh, started this with a quote from Jim Carrey. He said, my father could have been a great comedian, but he didn't believe that that was possible for him. And so he made a conservative choice. Instead, he got a safe job as an accountant. All of that fell apart when my dad lost his job and the family fell on hard times. I learned many great lessons from my father, not the least of which was that you can fail at what you don't want so you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. That's kind of the essence of this episode. We have seen so many layoffs in the last year. And even the tech industry is not immune to the layoff contagion this time around. Some quick stats, 344 tech companies have already laid off 103,767 employees in 2023. That's just in the month of January and half of February. In 2022, there were 1,535 layoffs at tech companies with 241,176 people impacted. That does not sound like a sure thing. I have several friends, clients, and acquaintances who have lost their jobs in the past 14 months or so. Some of them felt safe because they worked in a hot industry that seemed to be growing. And sure, there was some growth, but there was also a lot of overhiring. Companies did not forecast the future very well, and they hired too many people. Some people felt safe because they worked in large corporations that had dodged economic troubles that so many smaller companies and startups faced in 2020-2021. However, the truth is no one's job is ever safe. Heck, having a job is never safe. Your source of income is never safe when you work for a company that can eliminate your job in an instant when it needs to make the numbers work. If they want to turn a profit and they want to look good for Wall Street, a quick way to do that is cut headcount. And I hope we've all learned a lesson from this. No industry is a safe haven. 
Big companies are no longer better than smaller companies when it comes to employment security. Leaving your fate in the hands of an employer is always risky. And I know many of us do it. I mean, look at me. I did it for decades. It's how most of us are raised and educated. It's what schools teach us to do. Get your education. Go get a job. Your goal is to get a great job and climb that career ladder to higher and higher success. But what if job security is no longer guaranteed? And that is so true. (laughs) We were just talking about that the other day. My parents' generation is probably the last one that worked in a job for 40, 50 years and got retirement, retirement benefits and can retire on that money. Not going to happen for us. Longest place I ever worked was uh, four years. What if you hate your job? You hate it so much that you can't stand going to work every Monday morning and you dread every Sunday evening. What if you do everything you were supposed to do and you work hard for an employer that makes you miserable and you still lose your job? You did everything you were supposed to do. You worked hard and you still lose your job. And now you need to scramble to find a way to pay your bills. I mean, what a kick in the teeth. That's why people feel like the rug has been pulled out from under them. I don't know about you, but I always hated wasting my precious time, my precious life, the hours of my life working on meaningless projects, working on things that would get canceled, things that never made a difference in the world. I hated working for someone who was a lousy boss and a terrible leader. And I had some great ones, but I had a lot of bad bosses. And they were terrible leaders and they were just not good people. I hated watching the company make bad decision after bad decision, knowing we'd all have to suck it up and deal with their incompetence later. And that's not me exaggerating or being a crybaby employee. These companies have tanked. I've watched them plummet for years until the stock was worth nothing, until the company was almost worthless because of all these bad decisions. But that's what you do as an employee. Suck it up. Unless you are a C-level executive making those decisions, you don't have you don't have much of a choice. If you don't like it, You have to leave and find a new job with a new employer. And you have to hope you find one that is more competent. Or if you're anything like me, you finally reach a breaking point. You decide that enough is enough. And it's time to bet on the one person you can always count on no matter what. You. You can always count on you. So I want to talk a little bit about things you can't control. This list is going to get a little long. I have things you can't control and then things you can control. 
which is important if you're thinking about your future, if you're thinking about building your own business. So if you go to newsletter.invinciblesolopreneurs.com, this is Bet on Yourself issue number 15. So when you work for someone else, so many things are out of your control. I remember, for example, my employees being frustrated that their performance targets and bonuses were tied to factors beyond their control. They knew that a lot of things could go wrong despite their hard work and best efforts and their income would take a hit. Everybody talked about it. The designers would say, I could create a great design, but if the engineers don't build it the right way, the product won't be great. And engineers would say, I, I'm going to build something and launch it, but if marketing doesn't promote it the right way, it doesn't get traction, it's not going to grow. Or the sales team drops the ball, and the sales team blames the executives. I mean, everybody depends on everyone else. So you are not in control of the outcome. And some of these factors can also take a company down, and there's nothing you can do about it. I have a few clients, my career clients, who went to work for a hot company and received pretty generous stock options that made their total compensation pretty darn sweet. Good money. But the company later made some bad strategic decisions and now their total comp is less than they were making at a previous job. They're not happy about it. It sucks, but there's not a darn thing you can do about it. You don't control those decisions. So a few of the factors. One is corporate culture. It can take years to change corporate culture. So if you're working in a toxic environment and you're hoping it'll get better, good luck. It doesn't just get magically better. As an individual, you are not in control of fixing a corporate culture. Even if you can start moving in a better direction, it's going to take time. A long time. Number two, executive actions. You cannot control what your executives say or do. I think we can all remember times when a CEO said or did something that made their company's stock take a tumble. Some cases it never recovered. Through no fault of your own, you will financially suffer if your executives say or do something stupid. For example, tweeting insane things on Twitter that will tank the corporate stock. That makes the employees and the shareholders very unhappy. Nothing you can do about it. Next one, corporate strategy. Unless you are a C-level executive or a board member, I'm guessing you don't have much control over the corporate strategy of your employer. And when the strategy is great, when it's sound, times are good. The company makes a lot of money. But when the strategy is flawed, there's not much you can do about it as an employee. Next, corporate plans. Similarly, the execs and board create a lot of plans that the lower level employees have to live with. Now, when I was a junior employee, I assumed that senior executives must be so wise and experienced that they knew exactly what they were doing. I trusted them. But the higher I climbed the corporate ladder and when I became a vice president, 
the more I saw how the sausage was made. I was in those meetings with the C-level executives and the board. And the more you know, the more worried you get about the plans they are making. Because there's not much you can do about it. There's not much you can do to change those plans. The next is corporate investment. I remember when my team knew we needed to make an investment in infrastructure and talent. We needed to hire more people. Even though our business unit brought in hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue, most of the revenue of the company, we were not allowed to invest it in the way we knew we must to remain competitive and generate even more revenue for the company. We were successful. We knew what we were doing. We had the track record to prove it. But C-level execs vetoed our plan. No growth for you. And it slowly killed our organization and it killed the company over the next few years. Corporate spending. As an employee, you have very little control over corporate spending unless you are the CFO. If the company is burning cash too quickly, there isn't much you can do about it. You know, all those multi-million dollar campuses that are sitting empty right now, all that free food, all those weird perks, a lot of cash being burned, companies spend money in really dumb ways, and then later, they have to let people go. Because guess what happens when companies are in financial trouble and they need to reduce one of their biggest expenses very quickly. That's right. Layoffs. That's what we're seeing right now. Your manager. Now I do coach my career clients to do everything they can to choose their manager. When you're seeking a new job, a great manager will do wonders for your career. A terrible manager can tank it. They can ruin your career, but most people don't get to select their manager. Companies have too many reorgs for you to stay in control of that. Uh, one company I worked at, we, I think, literally reorged every six months. Every six months. Guess what? I got a lot of new bosses. I had five, five or six bosses when I worked there. And there were times when I worked for an amazing boss. Fantastic. Unfortunately, it didn't last forever. The company would have a reorg or my great boss would decide to leave for a better opportunity and do wonders for his career. So I certainly didn't get to choose my new boss and that was out of my control. And yeah, it didn't end well. <laughs> so you, you can choose a great boss, but you may not keep your great boss. Likewise, the management chain is something that you are not in control of. You do not control who the leaders are in that chain, going all the way up from your boss to the top. You might have a good direct manager, but the leaders above them aren't so good. And the higher they are, the more power they have, and the more miserable they can make your life, your entire organization's life. You can have a great boss, but if the CEO is pretty bad, the company's in trouble. Coworkers, if you interview candidates, people are coming in to get a job with your company, you may have some say in a few people who join your organization, your team. But 
for the most part, you do not get to choose your coworkers. A lot of them are already there when you join. Others get hired that you did not agree to hire. Or you get reorged. So you get dumped into a new department with all new people. And sometimes those people are great. But sometimes a few can be pretty toxic. And some, we all know, sadly, are downright incompetent. You don't get to control that. Speaking of competence, teams. We've all worked on teams before. And I'm sure you have many, many memories of those experiences. You're probably working with a team right now. Now, the competence of your fellow teammates can be 100% excellent. They're all the most amazing teammates in the world, which is rare. They can be average to pretty good, which is probably more common. You know, people are good. They're okay. Or it can be quite bad. That happens. I've seen people get put on teams. I don't know how that team got formed, but the team just was not talented enough to make the work that they were doing successful and work sucks when your colleagues aren't very good at what they do it sucks team effort similarly some people work harder than others that's reality and there's not much you can do about it if you're an employee if you're not the manager folks might be competent but they just don't like working as hard as you do now your overall performance and odds of success are dragged down by your lowest performing team members. Execution velocity. One of the things that my, or one of the things that many corporate employees complain about is slow execution. If you've ever worked for a startup or a smaller company, the change in execution velocity at a large corporation probably drives you crazy. I mean, why do things take so long? Well, <laughs> Usually too many cooks in the kitchen. Everybody has to be involved. Everybody has their fingers in every project. Everything gets reviewed. It can drag a project to its knees. Decision-making. I founded my own tech startup several years ago. I've talked about that before. And I had co-founders and I hired some employees and contractors. My head of design, hey Sam, how you doing? Uh, He literally sat right next to me in our little tiny office. He'd be working on a new design for one of our app screens and he'd say, hey, Larry, can you take a look at this? Let me know what you think. I'd roll over in my chair. We'd review the design together and I'd say, that looks great. Push it. Push it to GitHub so the engineers can start working on it. One day he said, you know, this is the fastest decision making I've ever had in my working life. I love it. And it's true. I mean, it's unreal. You can make a decision within minutes. But when you work for someone else in a larger company, good good luck with that. The decisions have to flow through so many layers that they take forever. Market conditions. Of course, no one can control market conditions. But you should be able to control how you respond to changes in those conditions. And you should be able to quickly adjust your strategies and plans when necessary. Well, that's not in your control when you work for a larger employer. You might see what's happening in the market. You know what changes should be made. I hear this all the time from my clients. And you will be incredibly frustrated 
to see the decision to make those changes take forever or never even happen. The company never responds to the change in the market. Competitors, likewise, no one can control the actions of their competitors. But again, you should be in control of how you deal with what your competitors are doing. Unfortunately, when you work for an employer, that's not your call. You'll have to wait and see what the leadership decides to do, if anything. And we all know several companies that failed to respond to competition quickly enough, which led to their demise. Look at Blockbuster. And then finally, the last thing you cannot control is the economy. And no one can control the economy. Or can they? Is there a secret cabal? But again, you should have control over how you respond to economic changes. Smaller companies and solopreneurs like myself were able to pivot quickly and survive during the quarantines a couple of years ago. You probably saw a lot of companies failing. Larger companies struggled to adapt to the quarantines. And there wasn't much their employees could do to take control of the situation. And that's, that's even happening now with the current economic uncertainty. Hence, the layoffs. The companies are not responding and so they had to lay people off. All right, enough of that doom and gloom. That's all the stuff that you do not control as an employee. That's one of the reasons uh, I had to get out. <laughs> I want to talk about things you can control. This is a lot happier. So I, I bet you can now see why I love running a solopreneur business, why I love it so much. My corporate experiences, not all, but many, left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. As a solopreneur, you have complete ownership of your decisions and actions. No one can slow you down. No one can stop you from doing what you know needs to be done with your business. Your strategy is what you control. It's a huge responsibility, but you are in full control of your business strategy when you are a solopreneur. Your plans, you are in control of the plans you create to execute your most excellent strategy. Preparation, you decide how much preparation is required before you launch a service or start selling your products. You know, the research, the designing, the building, whatever. You get to decide how much time you want to spend doing that. You control how much time, energy, and effort you put into your business. This is important. This is what is so different from being an employee. You can work really, really hard and still not make more money or be more successful in a company when you work for someone else. That's really true when you're salaried. You know, you're not getting paid what you're worth when you're putting in 14 hour days, seven days a week. And I'm not exaggerating. I, I used to work 10 to 12, sometimes 14 hour days for one of my past employers many days a week. Didn't take time off. Did I make more money because of that? No. You know what I got? I got a Starbucks gift card. Yeah. Well, when you own your own business, you can work harder and make more money. The more you put into your business, the better it grows. Velocity. You can move as quickly as you want when you're executing your vision for your business. You are decision-making. 
you are the top decision maker, which can be a little scary sometimes, but also incredibly empowering. Your team, this is a custom team. You're not stuck with coworkers you didn't hire. You can choose who you want to hire. Contractors, consultants, vendors. You can choose who you want to partner with to make your business successful. Your response to competitors. You control this. You are in control of how and how quickly you respond to moves by your competitors. Market conditions. You can respond quickly to changes in market conditions and do what's necessary to survive and thrive. I saw some clever stuff during the quarantines. Some companies that had brick and mortar businesses pivoted very quickly. They pivoted quickly and they created some online equivalents and they survived. Um, Your investments. It's so amazing to get to invest in what you know your business needs. You know, if you need software, if you want to get more training for yourself, you want to do more art marketing, you want to advertise, uh, you want to buy some equipment, you don't need a higher up telling you, no, you can't do that. You don't have to, you don't have to deal with that anymore. Uh, economic changes, similar to the market conditions, but you can do what you need to do to adapt to the economy and keep your business running. And this is a big difference as a solopreneur. Um, I'm going to warn you that when you have employees, it's not this simple. So that is the big distinction. You know, some of my entrepreneurial friends have employees. <sighs> when uh, times get tight and things happen, you lose some clients, the economy gets weak. You can't just cut everyone's salary to almost nothing. No one wants to deal with that. No one will accept that. They'll either quit or what usually happens is you have to let people go. When it's just me, that's why I tell people keep a financial cushion, have some money stockpiled, you know, be able to weather the storm. I can reduce the salary I take for my business. I can say, hey, I'm not going to take hardly anything this year because it's a tight year. I'm going to keep my business running and I'm going to dip into my savings. But I don't have to worry about it because I don't have employees to get rid of. Um, spending, you control your budget. You can dial spending up when times are good. So if your company's making a lot of money, you could put some more money into advertising and grow even faster. If you lose some clients and you know, stuff's not so good, you can dial your spending down. You could say, man, I cannot afford to keep paying for this service. You know, it's, it's not really working for me and I need to save some money. It's totally your call. I know that's a lot of things. That's a lot of things that are in your control when you run your business. Again, if you go to newsletter.invinciblesolopreneurs.com, this is all about betting on yourself. You can read more of these lists and think about it. And this is what it means to better yourself. You're willing to take on the responsibility because you want to be in control of your future and not subject to the whims of an employer who may or may not be competent. And for those of you that are still employed, I know it's not easy to leave a steady paycheck. The good news is you don't have to leap straight from employment to unemployment and hope that your business ideas will work out. You can ease into testing the waters. You can also build a business that leverages your years of experience. You know, that's the whole thing I talk about when I say from employee to solopreneur. 
It's taking your skills and knowledge and your talent and your experience and translating that into a service business immediately. I mean, once you see that's all working well, you will feel more confident about quitting that job that's making you unhappy. I did. I quit a pretty good career. A pretty good career. My total compensation was over $500,000 a year when I left the corporate world back in 2010. And I know for some people that seems like a crazy amount of income. I can tell you my younger self never imagined earning that much. For other folks, it's a pitiful amount of money. I know too many wealthy people. I know that many of my tech friends are earning millions in total comp these days. They're making a ton of money. I also know that many of them are very unhappy with their jobs. But it's hard to walk away from that money. I was pretty unhappy too. So I walked away. I walked away from that executive salary and the Bay Area lifestyle. I walked away from that career, that profession. I mean, what I realized is what's the point of making great money and you have a fancy home and a fancy car, but if you're miserable and you rarely get to enjoy any of it anyway, you're working all the time. So I quit. I took a nice long vacation with my family. I did some consulting to get income flowing back into the bank account. (laughs) That's important. And I was also entertaining the idea of going back to a nine to five job. I talked with a few people, a few companies, but the longer I stayed away, the less I wanted to return to the corporate world. I was just tired. I was tired of trying to change toxic corporate cultures. I was tired of forcing myself to endure toxic bosses. I was tired of working on projects that were pretty meaningless in the big picture of life. I mean, getting people to click more ads? How pathetic. So finally, I decided to bet on myself. I bet on myself. And I said I would create the kind of company I wanted. I would build a business around work that made me feel good about what I do. I love helping people. I love coaching people. I love building businesses. I enjoy it. And it helps people. It helps them live better lives too. So a little bit about how I managed to stay away. I haven't had a boss for almost 13 years now. I never did go back to a nine-to-five job. And I may not be the next big multimillionaire, certainly not a billionaire, but I'm so much happier and healthier than I was before. And that's why I created Invincible Solopreneurs. I created it to help others take a similar journey. If you go to InvincibleSolopreneurs.com, you can find out more. I mean, there are plenty of entrepreneurial consultants out there. You see them on Twitter. You see them on LinkedIn. They will promise you riches. They do it every day. They will tell you that you'll be making six figures in two months. They will dangle wealth in front of you, show off their fake jet and their their Lamborghini. (laughs) Some got caught doing that. And they're going to hint that becoming a billionaire is not out of reach for you. I mean, come on. How many people become billionaires? If you want to get rich, if that's your thing, that's all you want is to get rich, go find one of those consultants. That's not me. It's not me. I will never promise you that you'll become rich beyond your wildest dreams by following my system, by following in my footsteps and doing what I did to get free. Instead, what I want 
I want you to have enough. Just have enough. I want you to be able to comfortably support yourself and your loved ones, but not hate your work and life every day. I want you to be happy, healthy, and successful enough. As one of my good friends says, he's rather successful. I want to be the most successful person no one knows. That's a good goal. Now, some people call that a lifestyle business. I prefer to think of it as keeping everything in balance instead of over-indexing on money and work. Remembering what matters most in life, your happiness, your health, and love, your relationships, your friendships. You do need enough money to feel secure. Of course you need some money. But the pursuit of excess wealth will always risk those three. It will risk your happiness. We've seen it time and again. It will risk your health if you do nothing but chase money. And it will risk your relationships and your love. Just take a look at the lives of the few billionaires on this planet. Almost all of them, with the exception of one, are miserable people. Their relationships have fallen apart. People can't stand being around them. They seem to be going a little bit crazy. Anyway, uh, I go into more detail about all of this in my coaching and my workshops. Again, InvincibleSolopreneurs.com will help you find all that. Um, but at a high level, this is what I've done to run my business and stay free, to be enjoying this freedom, this solopreneur life for 13 years. Uh, one, I love working hard. I like working hard on something I believe in. When I have a purpose, when I enjoy what I'm doing, when it matters, I like working. And that purpose keeps me going. I get excited about getting up every morning and doing some work. I radically reduce my expenses. I've talked about that. I'm not going to go into all the details. We're running out of time. Uh, I'm not shy anymore about marketing myself, as you can tell. And my businesses, I used to be. Not anymore. You can't do that when you're a, a business owner. I'm always exploring new ideas. I pivot. I pivot quickly when I need to make a change. I just spun up a new business I'm testing in about five hours over the weekend. You got to move quickly, but I slowly expand and diversify. So you don't want to commit and overcommit. It's good to test, but don't overcommit. I keep adding new revenue streams um, and I focus on scalable activities, scalable income. This is essential. Your time is limited. And I talk a lot about that in the workshops and the coaching. That's an important part of your business model. So I feel grateful. Um, I'm thankful. I really am. So I know I'm out of time. I'm just going to go ahead and wrap things up, but I'm going to leave you with this. If you're reasonably smart, talented, ambitious, self-motivated, and a pretty good decision maker, you should be working for yourself. I really do think it's the future of work. And I know some people don't like to hear that. Others are inspired by that. There's nothing better than work for yourself. You'll, you'll do well. You'll be able to build a business that generates a profit. And that's, that's all you need. You need to be profitable. You'll be able to respond quickly to changes to remain successful. And if you're listening to this podcast, I know, I know you're going to be frustrated working for just anyone else. I was. Many of us are. You can tolerate it for a few years. Most of us do. <laughs> But you're going to become increasingly irritated by the incompetence around you. 
and you're going to long to break free one day. So if you're going to bet on someone or something, bet on yourself. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck with building the business of your dreams.